재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Welcome back. We're discussing during our panel discussion compulsory military service, this new screening system, and we'll try to focus on how the military can eventually, in the long term, become a more volunteer-oriented force. Text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a Kakao Talk message. Very pleased to have joining us our uh, wonderful panelists, uh, Professor Pak Hidak and Dr. Kim Chadu here in the studio. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us once again. Uh, This is a little bit off topic, but uh, we'd love to get your analysis on the breaking news story that occurred today. Uh, it was revealed that U.S. forces in Korea brought anthrax samples on 15 separate occasions, much more than people had uh, suspected, much more than the Korean government knew between 2009 and 2014. First, Dr. Kim, what new measures do you believe are needed to improve transparency and ensure that uh, Korean authorities can always be updated as far as these kind of very important informations? With the direct backdrop of Mary's uh, trauma and the Korean uh, general public fully aware of the timeliness is the critical factor. So I'd like to advise the all the USFK and uh, uh, related uh, authorities here in South Korea is uh, timely sharing of information is very critical. It's not just uh, uh, over delayed, uh, you know, transparency. We need the timely because it's contagious. So I think the Lessons learned from this incident, all the marriage incident, and uh, timeliness and verified facts is very critical at, to hold it at the uh, first stage. So it's not uh, military intelligence sharing. It's a public health issue. Yeah, right. Public health issues is the, uh, that's why, you know, that's related issues. It's very critical. So why don't we share that information with timely fashion? That's my mm. perception. Professor Park, uh, as you know, and whenever these kind of controversies come out, and we should all be upset about what happened, but um, there always is then, oh, we have to revise SOFA or we have to renegotiate SOFA. What do you think should or will happen? Yeah, the f- first of all, I think that we should not uh, forget the purpose of their uh, bringing of anthrax into Korea is that because North Korea has anthrax, smallpox, and uh, uh, many other um, kind of uh, biological agents, and as well as chemical agents, so we need to do something. Uh, to defend our country in case of their usage, so uh, they are they kind of have to train their soldiers, you know, to defend our country. Mm-hmm. So the uh, purpose of SOFA is uh, to make U.S. soldiers focus on their duties in defense of South Korea without worrying too much about uh, legal issues. So mm-hmm. why we grant uh, some kind of uh, kind of legal leeway to the United States, that is because we know that uh, they are necessary for the soldiers to do their duty. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, I think, as uh, Dr. Kim said, we may need uh, some kind of uh, uh, instant and a timely uh, notification of that information. But at the same time, I think that uh, we need to not to undermine the combined combat readiness uh, right. due to this instant. 
And that is all, of course, along the wider picture of what we're talking about here, protecting the country, uh, but how it relates to compulsory military service, which is our main topic. And so mm -hmm. we can come back to this. Uh, Dr. Kim, one other aspect of this, and some people might find it's a loophole, but dual citizenship is allowed uh, for those who've completed their uh, military service and uh, who become naturalized citizens of a foreign country. Uh, should that be allowed, or do you think that opens up a loophole? And the public is very sensitive towards uh, dual citizens as a possible loophole for mandatory military service. Particularly, young generations uh, have a low tolerance towards those who attempt to dodge or receive special treatment, especially after you know, scandals of uh, you know, influential families and figures. In, uh, uh, they were caught trying to avoid their national duty. So... The mood against draft dodgers and uh, negligence of duty is so hostile, mm. particularly uh, toward the dual citizenship, because in 2002, everyone knows the right after the uh, Korean-American pop singer Steve Hughes case. And uh, he was born in Seoul and migrated to the United States at the age of 13. Age of 13, not three, you know. The South Korean government actually uh, considered an act of desertion and deported him and banning him from entering the country permanently. Since then, uh, American citizenship, Canadian citizenship has been uh, used as an excuse. But uh, fortunately or unfortunately, Korea is becoming a new job market. So they are trying to coming back right. to Korea. So this is very controversial. So I think the dual, having uh, dual citizenship, legal citizenship is okay, but it must not be used as an excuse to, uh, for the uh, dodging yeah. military service, military service. Yeah, and, and that's another aspect of it is a lot of people, Professor Park, and they feel this is two years of my life that I lose, I never get back. Uh, some other people who not have to serve, they have some advantage. Uh, we've debated this issue before about the uh, bonus points or kasanjam that can be applied to, let's say, your ex-military guy and you want to work at Samsung, but you want to have an equal footing as the guy who has studied two extra years. Do you believe that is something that uh, is uh, necessary or good? Yeah, it could be necessary, but uh, the, the fact that we should admit that at this point is that uh, uh, there was many discussions about uh, that uh, measures, but uh, there was none kind of effective measures uh, so far approved to uh, to be applied. That, as you know, that extra points was denied by the uh, court, and uh, some people uh, believe that uh, they should provide some money uh, for to the retiring uh, soldiers. Right. But it uh, uh, needs uh, lots of uh, the budgets, and some uh, say that we need some kind of academic credits to the soldiers, but uh, I don't think it is working right now. Mm -hmm. So I think that we are thinking to help the uh, service soldiers uh, to catch up with the non-served soldiers, uh, non-served men and women in our country, but uh, it there's, we failed to find the kind of workable solutions right now. And I think that uh, we need to admit that even as long as we have some confrontational threats uh, of uh, North Korea, it may not be uh, kind of uh, possible to compensate or to help uh, the served men catch up with the uh, non-served men and women. Right. So I think that the most important thing is how to reduce the tensions between two Koreas. Uh, we, 
if we reduce the tensions and we, if we have good relations with North Korea, we can, I think, that mm-hmm. minimum kind of reduce the uh, size of the military, and then I think we can reduce the right. kind of uh, service period. Now, Dr. Kim, you also mentioned this before, but uh, aside from the citizenship kind of games you play, something that a lot of people even feel is maybe even more egregious is uh, faking physical examinations or trying to uh, do things uh, to your body or get doctors to help you out to get exemptions uh, from the draft. Uh, What can be done, you think, to tighten those screening procedures? You know, screening, uh, there is uh, no 100% perfect measures to screen the procedures, but uh, uh, medical documentation it must be a very orderly way. It must be verified with a special investigation, uh, like a CSI, you know, to investigate with the medical uh, knowledge and information. Uh, I think the, the, the fundamental thing is the we desperately need, you know, role model, like uh, United Arab Emirates, we dispatched the, you know, ARC unit. So that country, you know, changed from the volunteer uh, forces to the uh, mandatory military by just uh, saying the king's saying. But the thing is, right after that, that decree, the royal family of that country is uh, you know, volunteered at the first you know, phase to participate in that. In a procedure, so there's no perfect screening procedures. You know, like a, you know, some people argued that uh, there was a, you know, the skin disease. Skin disease is, is a, can be a good excuse. You know, it depends on the severity. So it's a very arguable yeah. point on medical doctors. So I think the, with the you like a typical example, the global uh, world star side. He, he uh, drafted you know twice. You know, he actually a mandatory servant. Ironically, his daughter was born on the you know, National Military Day, mm-hmm. you know, October the first. You know, the the, uh, the thing is the we uh, the the Korean society uh, desperately the high-ranking officials, top celebrities, voluntarily plunging into the patriotic you know mm-hmm. mood where where uh, uh, you know. Uh, is out all the irregularities. Right. That's that's the, the, the critical point. And Professor Park, another thorny issue if we respect, I suppose, freedom of religion and you can practice your belief, has always been talk about Jehovah's Witnesses or even other religious groups who say, this is against my faith and I'm a conscientious objector. The courts have always uh, ruled against that. Uh, how do we kind of handle those situations? So being fair, if we provide them alternate service, other people will say that's unfair. But what, well, how do we handle that? Uh, I think that if you are the member of the society, I think you should fulfill your duty, just like you demand your own portion of right to the society. The military is not here to kill the people, uh, but to protect the people. Uh, the fact that policemen sometimes kills the people does not mean that policemen is here to kill the people. Mm. Uh, policemen are here to protect the people just as the military soldiers. So I don't think that serving military is against the doctrine of any religion, I, I, I believe. And at the same time, I think that the military service also has many non-combat missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, they can go come into the military and they can take the non-combat missions instead of some kind of social uh, uh, kind of easy jobs.
So uh, if they want to stay as a member of this society, I think they have to fulfill their portion of duty just like they demand right. the right. I want to follow up, Dr. Kim, on what you just mentioned about the UAE, how the king said everyone's got compulsory service now, but they led by example the royal family mm -hmm. all volunteered. Uh, there is that concept, and you hope, and you say this is a problem in Korean society, but Korean leaders will also follow that model. I guess people call it noblesse oblige, the, the British royal families. are uh, Even in the U.S., I guess the Kennedys mm -hmm. are an example yeah. of people who kind of elite families, but they do. So do you, are you optimistic that Korea can become like that? I can see the uh, new Korean version of noblesse oblige from the you know, humble people, like common people. So there's in line more than 30,000, you know, over, you know, capacity. You know, everybody's in line for the you know, military service. But they cannot get into it because of the we the annually the Korean military needs are uh, just to, you know uh, twenty twenty five twenty five percent of the annual uh, uh, enlisted men is changed uh, every year. But uh, this year and every uh, coming couple of years uh, there is a exceptional additional uh, resources. So they want to get into the military, but they're unenabled, uh, unable to get into the military. So what I'm saying is that this trend, we cannot uh, wait for the noblesse oblige from the top tier. Okay. We can see the, the bottom up, you know, right. new uh, wave. This could be a new uh, you know, Korean wave, a new patriotic Korean uh, military wave. On top of that, military is supposed to change the barracks culture and enhance the, you know, humans' respect and uh, human rights uh, situations, all all interconnected. Uh, finally, uh, the domestic uh, economic situation is the, the critical factor mm. in uh, designing a military posture. And uh, because of the because of the economic hardships, uh, somewhat uh, even non-commissioned and officers is very competitive to get into. Right. So I think the, it's, it's all connected factors we have to consider. Well, that is also the aspect of what uh, Dr. Kim was saying, Professor Parkin. You were on the program many times uh, in the past, and you helped us with your analysis on those very tragic situations in the GOP where there's hazing and bullying of these students, uh, of these so young soldiers. Uh, sometimes uh, they act out violently. They kill many people. Uh, d do you feel the military, is that part of it? Like you have to try to clean up that aspect to make it more, because it's a very PR kind of damaging aspect to, oh, I don't want to serve because this kind of thing happens to my son if he goes. Uh, do they have to really, really kind of clamp down on that? Is that another aspect that they, the, the military does have to fix? Yes, I think so, that the military high officials and uh, kind of uh, um, uh, lieutenants and uh, the first and second lieutenants are try hard to uh, reduce that kind of uh, phenomena in the military. However, the problem is that uh, in the past, the officers did some kind of uh, hazing and bullying uh, rituals. But uh, right now, the soldiers e each other do that. That means that uh, the... Uh, the parents and the peoples of our country may need to kind of educate their uh, sons and uh, sometimes daughters mm. and not to behave bad in the military in and with in the relations with others that is important and also uh, we parents uh, expect that zero zero 
defect in the military, zero, zero accident or zero uh, death in the military. But it is impossible because we uh, have to right. conduct our mission is to prepare uh, to win the war, uh, to win the possible war. So I think that uh, parents and uh, people should understand the difficulty of military before asking zero accident. I think the point is we expect zero deaths crossing the street on Myeongdong but unfortunately, that's not the yes, reality right. as well. But uh, it's kind of, I suppose, when it's in the military context, uh, we have a different mindset. Dr. Kim, you mentioned 30,000 people waiting in line. There's economic uncertainty, so people actually turn to viable alternative mm. careers. Uh, but the idea of having a voluntary force uh, like countries like the United States, uh, do we need to have a strategy in place to secure more voluntary force? How can we achieve that goal? It's too early to have the voluntary-oriented uh, manpower system uh, for the military service because of the, uh, not only just the military, you know, the, the annual defense budget, but from the considering North Korean's uh, real direct threat, and they are keeping standing army 1.2 million. So I think the uh, average, you know, conscripted soldiers' you know, paycheck is less than $150, even though it's raised yeah. 15% of that this coming year. So it means that 250,000 people for every every year they are coming into the military with the you know with the no payment. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's good to have a seasoned, skilled, non-commissioned uh, officers over over the years. On top of the nearly five percent of the women in armed forces, it's good, but the thing is money. So uh, money talks in, in even designing the military manpower structure. So I think the it's desirable to skilled and a highly celebrated K-pop that can do their jobs in their own uh, field, but uh, it's too early at this uh, critical juncture. But North Koreans uh, argue that they have H-bomb and war that's threatening. You know? So I think that it's good to have their own, uh, they can exercise their own merits, but uh, my understanding is that we have to consider the reality check. We're almost out of time. Uh, Professor Park, uh, some final thoughts. What do you think the military can do to create a fair and equitable draft policy, uh, be more combat effective, but also care for the welfare of their uh, combat? Yes, I'd like to uh, emphasize two things. The first one is to empowerment to the soldiers. I, we have the most intellectual soldiers in the world. They are mostly the college students and above the uh, kind of average level. So uh, we, if we empower them, if we ask them to kind of... Uh, expand their capacities. They can do more than we expect. So we need to trust the soldiers and we need to give more uh, kind of uh, space uh, maneuver, uh, freedom of maneuver to the soldiers. And the second one is that uh, we need to uh, use more women soldiers. Uh, they are very sincere and meticulous and there could be many kind of relevant jobs for uh, the women soldiers in modern uh, military, like the administrative jobs and some kind of uh, um, uh, monitoring the videos kind of thing. Mm. So if we uh, give more jobs to the women, I think that we need to reduce the burden of the uh, young soldiers for the defense of uh, this country, and we may reduce the service period and uh, uh, mitigate the uh, kind of side effects of the military service. Some great points made. Uh, 
Thank you. As always, uh, our panelist, Dr. Kim Cheru, uh, Professor Pakirak, as always a pleasure. Thank you very much. It's my Thank pleasure. you.